Welcome to Land Parties, episode 96 from the Las Vegas Review Journal. I am your host, Ryan Smith, and with me, as always, my co-host, Lucas Egan. Lucas, how was your weekend, my friend? How you doing, brother? I am doing well. My weekend was pretty fun. I went out to the uh, HyperX Esports Arena to watch the uno championship series which was a lot more intense than i ever thought uno could even get even though uh, i had some pretty intense games back in the day with my friends but fifty thousand dollars was on the line so uh understandably they were all very focused and (laughs) my goodness it looked intense they had like retrofitted poker tables ready to go and dealers (laughs) and and judges like it was the real deal and like nobody was talking like they were all super super focused and concentrating mm-hmm. so congrats to the winner and uh hopefully you you enjoyed that fifty thousand dollars next year guys i'm going after the title well watch there out you, <laughs> you heard it here first right how was your weekend <laughs> it was fantastic we actually just got back from arizona last night we went down to tempe uh, for the uh, a 24-hour charity stream for Extra Life with the CFG uh, Games crew, Con Freaks and Geeks. So that was a lot of fun. We ended up raising $4,000 for the kids, uh, which is fantastic. So we had a blast doing that. We were able to go down as a family and with the, our friends Alexa and Dust or Adam, and uh, uh, we all drove down there and uh, had a great time. So uh, didn't really get any game playing in, but I mean, I did. We we did for the stream. So um, I guess, you know, that's what it was. And it was fantastic. And we raised some good money for the kids that goes to the uh, Children's Hospital, both in Phoenix and then out here uh, for St. Rose Dominican uh, down in Henderson as well. So very always a pleasure to be able to do that. Um, but enough about us, uh, our guests today, we've been really excited to get them on Josh Koval from the still loading podcast. Welcome. Welcome. How are you, my friend? I am doing very well. You guys, uh, thank you so much for having me on. It's been, uh, I've always kind of hoped that I would actually be able to come on a show cause you know, Lucas and I have been talking for a, for a bit now, but I'm, I'm seriously, thank you. I'm, I'm looking, I've been looking forward to this all week. Absolutely. And we're going to get into it. Uh, they actually just had their 200th episode. It was fantastic. We're going to talk about that here soon. Get down to the, to the nitty gritty with Josh. But before then we got some big news, Lucas, I'm gonna let you do it. I feel like it would only be right for you to to make this uh, uh, push as far as with this. Well, first of all, the news broke like an hour before we recorded. So thank you, Microsoft. (laughs) Finally, finally, it's on our schedule. (laughs) Yes, we appreciate that. (laughs) If all video game companies could just respect our timeline, we'd really appreciate it going forward. Don't they know they just whenever your recording schedule is? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He's like, how did they not know? They should. We've been, we've been, we've been reaching out. Phil was listening. Uh, so. <laughs> Phil, Phil, <laughs> we appreciate you. <laughs> so, I wonder if he gets Phil of the future at all. <laughs> that's, a, that's a throwback reference. There we go. <laughs> so Microsoft has been busy celebrating the 20th anniversary of the first Xbox, and with it came a bunch of fun announcements. The biggest, of course, is Halo multiplayer is live already right now. <laughs> so 20 look three days early. <laughs> like so, this is obviously an awesome surprise. Uh, 
can't wait. We also got the the, the TV shows coming to Paramount Plus in 2022. Big day for Halo fans. I'm excited. It'll be nice to jump into the multiplayer. Ryan, I know that you were checking right before we started recording on whether it was up. Are you going to be jumping in right away? Absolutely. Look, hopefully none of the bosses are listening. Well, this doesn't come out until Wednesday anyway, so it'll be too late by then. Well, you know, for, for if they are listening, you weren't playing it on the clock. Well, I mean, here's the thing, though. Part of my job, I need to be able to dive it's deep research. into video games. So that is yeah. research. That is that is work. Um, I I am pumped. I can't believe. Like I remember, I I was hearing rumblings of this being a possibility, and I was like, Nah, no. I, let me watch just to make sure. But uh, yeah, this is huge. This is huge. We know the team's been hard at work um, getting this game ready. They've had an extra extra uh, focus on the multiplayer and what their plans are for this. This being a free to play game, I you know I I think this is going to be absolutely huge especially if they've gotten it right. They took the extra time. They are, are you know, they've refined, they've polished, they've done the testing. So it's go time now. We know that the, the campaign still isn't going to come out until uh, December, but but we are here. Halo Infinite is here, and, and uh, it's very exciting. I am absolutely going to be, uh, for the most part, pretty unproductive today because I'm probably going to get it in. I got to get it in. I got to get it in. Come on now. Josh, this you. has got you hyped. You know what I mean? Oh, like, it, come on so, now. It definitely does, even though I haven't played multiplayer games in a long time because I – I, I, I don't know the whole online aspect. I like it, but at the same time, I can't handle all. I don't like all the trash talking. I'll be honest. I, I just, it's mm-hmm. not my favorite thing to deal with, but this does like watching that trailer brought back a lot of nostalgia memories for me of playing halo two multiplayer, uh, halo mm-hmm. two and halo three. I actually specifically, this is a real quick side story for my bachelor party. Before I got married, I had a halo two uh land party that was my bachelor party. Oh, that's awesome it was that great awesome. respect it respect some people it. like you know go to special kind of clubs i have halo 2 <laughs> land parties <laughs> you know it sounds way better it, it's funny it obviously it, it does bring up a lot of nostalgia uh it, just, just on a quick side tangent here the, the first xbox was my first home console that i ever bought uh and i had to work all summer i was 13 did a lot of babysitting, did a lot of yard work, sold some snacks at our local park, and uh, it took me all summer long to get it. So, like, that system holds a special place in my heart. That series obviously holds a special place in my heart. I can't wait for this next installment. And uh, good on Microsoft. They need the momentum heading into the holiday season. So, hopefully this all works out well. I'm sure everyone's going to be loving it. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> We talked about that too, how they really need to get, you know, this is their this is their bread and butter. This is their their biggest title, I feel, as far as, you know, when the, the two are synonymous. So the fact that we're we are now a year deep also into a whole new generation of consoles, this being their first like real proprietary uh, uh, game, the game that that everybody knows and loves. This is going to be a huge boon, especially coming in the holiday season. Um, this is just really exciting, and the numbers are going to show. But I think what's really going to show, and I and I feel like this is the case a lot of times with video games, is time will tell 
if they're on the right path, if they if the game is good. It's so hard. Everybody gets wrapped up and myself included in all the hype. You know, you really don't really start fleshing out and feeling the game out until it's been out for a little while. Then you get to see how they're supporting it or what kind of things that they're doing. Uh, Are they going to hold hold true to their um timelines as far as the modes that were left out again this is and this seems to be coming more and more of a problem with games being released you know not completed and Mm -hmm. and you know you're you're basically saying here i i'm gonna you know give me full price for this hey we're gonna have this we we plan on having it it's like look what happened to games when they come out they're they're you know that's the game there there's the full game here you have it now like you know but this is exciting i you know i i think that xbox and microsoft uh they've they've definitely gotten on the right track i feel like from what they have been and this is just a continuation in the in the right direction and you know those numbers are going to be huge number one because it's going to be on game pass it's it's or no it's not even on game pass i found it it was on steam uh because it's a free to play so it's going to very much follow that model with cosmetic i'm sure cosmetic uh um things that you can buy and there will be real ways for them to make money off of it but the players are going to be there this is an iconic series They've, I've, from from how they've they've talked about it and everything, it seems like this is going to be one of their better experiences with multiplayer. And multiplayer was already huge uh, within this, so I'm excited to dig in. And and you, I just want to give a quick shout out to Fernando, uh, who we talked to. Oh my goodness, last year now already. Yes, uh, who has worked on the multiplayer part of it. So I know that this this moment must be. So exciting for him. Uh, also want to give a quick shout out to Gareth Coker because he did some of the music. And for, of course, Jen Taylor, because I know just for everybody involved, like this lead up, this final push has got to be just so exciting and so nerve wracking. So uh, congratulations to all of them uh, and uh, what is sure to be a gigantic, huge launch. Absolutely. Uh, switching gears a little bit. This is a game that... I was pretty hot on when it came out, and I'm sure a lot of you guys remember Outriders. They ended up like at the 11th hour being like, oh, it's also going to be available on Game Pass. It had a fairly successful, uh, you know, beta test and and pretty overall positive. Once we got into the game, we started playing. I was enjoying it. I still think it's got great, great gameplay, uh, great mechanics. But the issue with it was when you got to the end game. And it became the question of, and I'm talking about Outriders. Sorry, let me let me let me uh, you know un- unmask that, unveil that uh, mystery there. It, I'm talking about Outriders, and um, you know it, it's interesting because this game had a really hot player base, but then when you did get to the end end game content, you realize that you're really grinding for these weapons for nothing because it got to the point where you have the last expedition and basically you just replay the expeditions uh, with no real uh, plan in place. This is uh, from people. uh, I think people that uh, people, people fly, people can fly uh, is the uh, uh, developers of the game. And again, the game, right? Was that the same people made Bulletstorm, right? That made, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, I mean, this was pretty. I'm excited that they're number one because it, it's had a weird launch and, it, and the player base has dropped off immensely because you lose the replayability because there was no plan for doing content 
in the future. Therefore, there's no reason really to grind anything out. Uh, with this update, New Horizon, it it's actually uh, came out yesterday, uh, tomorrow as of this recording. And uh, you get four new expeditions is what we'll be getting from it. Uh, and that's the end game content to really grind out for the the loot and whatnot. So that's uh, but but along with those, there's going to be story uh, bits of story within those uh, things. Um, they're doing all kinds of changes to like Tiago, the vendor. The vendor was a little bit of a mess. They're going to actually uh, move forward and they focus on the uh, multiplayer experience, which was always kind of buggy. Uh, from the get-go, and you always had connection issues, so that's really nice that they're going in and supposedly, allegedly, they have uh, uh, <laughs> fixed these issues. Matchmaking will be better. You get in lobbies with AFK people, and it was dumb. Um, I know there's transmog. They've uh, put transmog in, so you're able to put different armor shaders on different, you know, things that you like look-wise onto, onto uh, these other armor sets uh, so they can keep those stats, but you can make it look one way. So there's a, this is a huge update. Obviously, this is also a free update as well. And they 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 said that they are also going to be doing a big expansion. Um, I believe it's coming next year. So the fact that they're now saying, "Hey, we've got a bit of a roadmap here. We are we are doing things. Here's a free uh, big expansion. There's also a celebration." Uh, pack as well it's basically an apology pack for hey things have been kind of crazy because this game remember was not supposed to be a live service game but it has very much been treated like a live service game so it's this is this is like i don't know and i i, I feel like um it's tough it's going to be tough to get the player base back that they had but if they do a solid job i feel with this and, you know, the fact that there's there's plans for the future. I mean, is it worth picking back up? I'll take a look at it. I'm definitely going to take a look at it. I'll, I will play the game again and, and we will see. So I don't know. What are your guys thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how much of the player base they can win back. Uh, mm. Hopefully they can. It sounds like some fairly significant updates and that they're addressing some of the most pressing issues. Uh it's it's just interesting, right? You get to this point in a game's life cycle, and then you you wonder, uh, as we've said before, is this going to go the way of a No Man's Sky, or is it going to go the way of a, a Avengers, which is still struggling despite uh, some significant content drops that they've done? Uh, so. Mm. I don't know. It, it seemed like some of the, especially the connection issues, I think it seemed like soured some people really badly on this. So if that mm. is truly fixed then maybe maybe people will be willing to give this a second chance because it still looks fun. Uh, it still looks like it's got a ton of potential. Um, plus, with the promise of m another expansion coming out, uh, you you see a roadmap that you know that this isn't just a one-time thing. So hopefully they can win some players back. Uh, th this is the time. This is the time where we find out whether this uh, is looking like it can shape up to be successful long-term or not. Did you I mean, play this at all, Josh? I have not. Uh, I haven't really had, especially a game that seems more of like, like you were saying, it kind of is a grinded out style type of thing. I don't have mm -hmm. the time. I have a kid now. I don't have time to really <laughs> yeah. play much of anything anymore. Uh, <laughs> in fact, all of my game, I just recently beat uh, Symphony of the Night for the first time and I had it on the Vita. And that was perfect because I could play it with, I could, I could play it right before I went to bed. I could play it downstairs while 
like then my kid was doing something else i wouldn't do that often because i pay attention to her obviously I'm, i swear i'm a good parent um, <laughs> but uh yeah so it it's just tough for me to really find any time to game in fact the only times i really get to now is just on twitch so unless it's something that's mm-hmm. like like that's real. like it's a game that i it's a game series that i'm like deeply emotionally connected to i don't really make a lot of time unfortunately i don't have a lot of time no that's understandable i totally understand because uh, i it's very i usually do my gaming late at night after after the kids are in bed and, and <laughs> yep. all that stuff is like all right i can get it in a little bit but yeah during the day it's it's tough to to really focus on on games but this was one that i mean again i i am i am a, a shooter fan mm-hmm. i'm a looter fan uh so obviously this made sense but it definitely was underwhelming when you got to the end game so i'm glad that they're expanding on the story i feel like the story was really solid so there's lots of room that they can move forward uh with it do some more character development and and bring more loot and just keep whoops just keep fixing it um i i think if they keep doing it i i and 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 get kind of get into a rhythm and of being consistent with it i think they do have a good opportunity to be able to uh get some of that fan base back and then even get more people really it was just it got to that point where it's like all right here's the end game and there's not much to do it give you no incentive to grind out for anything because they're you're, you're grinding out to do the same things that you've been doing to, to, to get the stuff in the first place. It's like, what's yeah. the point? You know, so they made some changes. They were listening. They've been very uh, uh, good with communication as far as the community. And they kind of went dark for a little bit here, but clearly they've been busy and hard at work uh, doing things. So it, it, it's good to see. And and I'm interested to see, um, you know, just the numbers that come back and, and getting to play. It comes out, like I said, tomorrow. So, uh, we got out there's there's a lot going on all of a sudden this week uh <laughs> within video games i gotta check yeah, out really Good thing yeah. Destiny. The, the other thing that i thought was cool about the xbox 20th uh live stream was that they announced a documentary series i'm a huge fan of like video game history and they're doing a big documentary mm-hmm. series all about the making of the original xbox and i know i'm going to be watching that even if it's on a streaming service that i don't actually own i will subscribe just to watch it because i love that's that's right up my alley. So I'm really excited for that, too. Yeah, it was well, interesting, too, that, that they're, you know, they're working with uh, Paramount and, and doing more things in that sector. And I, I think we will see more things come from that side of stuff within uh, uh, Microsoft and and video games and those kind of uh, genres just melting, melting together and, and getting more of a, a spotlight put on them. So I'm excited for that stuff because they're not just phoning it in with these things anymore. They're these are high productions, good value, and and just solid solid uh, shows and and movies. So I'm excited entertainment wise, not only on the video game side, but the the film and and uh, um, streaming services and whatnot. So same to be good. Yeah, I I don't say this too. You know, seeing what Microsoft's doing with the Xbox anniversary. Uh, I know that we've said this earlier in the year. Man, it seems like Nintendo dropped the ball in the Zelda anniversary. <laughs> like yes, you, you just see what everybody else is doing. Even Pokemon, like I said, you know, Pokemon were getting multiple games within a call it twelve to fifteen month span. What happened, Nintendo? What happened? <laughs> what happened? 
it makes no sense. And like, don't get me wrong, I love the Zelda gaming wa- game and watch. Like, I want one because I got the Mario one, but mm-hmm. it's that's not really even to someone who's into like collecting and niche random stuff from Nintendo's past. That's not really a fitting anniversary gift or anniversary anything for zelda like zelda's so huge and that's that's it like oh and sorry um skyward sword uh hd remake but no one asked for that so (laughs) (laughs) just being honest it's true it's true it's just it's seeing microsoft's celebration of of the 20th it just it makes make nintendo's decisions more baffling to me like what happened yeah yeah it is that missed opportunity, huge, huge missed opportunity. Uh, you know what? Let's take a quick commercial break and we'll come back, talk with Josh, see what's going down. We'll be right back, guys. If you love listening to us here on Land Parties, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about your favorite team or game, then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to the short messages. And now comes the fun part of the episode. And first of all, congratulations on your 200th episode, Josh. Thank you. Take Thank us you. back way to the beginning. What made you want to start still loading and how has it kind of evolved through the uh, hundreds of episodes now? So I started still loading podcast back in the summer of 2014 and it's taken me a long time to get to 200 because I was very inconsistent at first. I was not a good any any podcaster uh, that will tell that's been even remotely successful will tell you consistency is key. And I did the opposite of that for like three years. <laughs> um, so I uh, I was very inconsistent at first. But I started this with a friend of mine named Justin. Uh, we're still friends. He just you know life got in the way, and I kept going, and he stepped aside. So. Uh, we started it like in the summer of 2014 and I, and we kind of got the inspiration from it because there's uh, another podcast that I really like called Retronauts and they focus mm. specifically on retro video games. And that's something I'm really into. And then at the same time I had just discovered podcasts. So I was listening to them. And then I also listened to Kevin Smith podcast a lot, uh, you know, for people who've seen his movies, you know, clerk, small rats. Um, mm-hmm. I love Kevin mm-hmm. Smith movies. And he goes on this whole rant, and I shouldn't say rant. He goes on this whole uh, speech about 
the surround how about the types of people that you want to surround yourself with right so you don't want to surround yourself with the yes people or no people because yes people will tell you yes even when your idea is bad and no people will never get anything done because they're always going to be rejecting you so you always want to surround yourself with the why not people the people mm-hmm. are going to like you you pitch an idea to a friend and they're like yeah why not let's try it and that was kind of the idea so i pitched it to justin and he's like yeah why not let's try it And then we started the podcast and we had just a singular blue Yeti microphone that we just kind of huddled around, you know, all close like. And we started it from there and we went for a couple episodes, took a break, uh, like by a break, I mean like nine months. Um, And then we would go, then I would pick it up and I would do another couple episodes, take another nine month break. And then I want to say either in the fall, I think around the late summer, early fall of 2017, was when I decided to really like go full force into it, like really consi- like really give it a try. And that's what pretty much how it evolved. And I was doing every other week for like two or three years. And then just because I, I, it took me a while to figure out how to produce a podcast, how to constantly come up with ideas for topics for episodes. And I, cause one of the reasons I would keep stopping is because I couldn't come up with ideas. So it took me, until I sw- switched over, like got got over the idea of doing it every week and just went every other week, that was a good tempo for me to be able to constantly produce out produce content and keep it on a consistent basis. And then in the summer of 2020, it was um, PlayStation 2's 20th anniversary that year, so just last year. And I was like, you know what? Let me try going full bore. Let me try going weekly. So I did this thing called the Summer of PlayStation 2, where Every week from the start of this, from the first, I release on Sundays, from the first Sunday in summer until it actually went into fall, until the the till the re- 20th anniversary release of the PS2, I covered a different PS2 game each week throughout that summer. And coincidentally, that was also the year that I got a ton of extra interviews with like people in the industry, like uh, one of your former guests, Sissy Jones. Um, that's when I got to speak to her. I got to speak to um who else did i have on like uh andrew prallo i think was that year as well who's the composer for outer wilds um there's a a bunch of others and so it just kind of all fell in so i was releasing episodes weekly as well as bonus episodes midway through the week so it just it's evolved now where i'm able to somewhat keep it on a consistent basis and i I just kind of pick and choose the topics between modern and retro games very nice. Yeah, that's awesome. What when you decided to like like really give it a go and, and say, you know, I'm going to try and go every other week back uh, a couple of years ago, was there something that that you just decided, you know, I either want to give it a, a consistent go or I mean, was was there something that kind of spurred you to that point? I think it was because I always enjoyed making the podcast, but I hated the planning phase initially. Now I actually kind of like it. Uh, I I just because it was always one of those things where it's like I don't know what I want to do, and I don't want to just half-ass idea because I've done that before and it was awful. Mm -hmm. So what I what I did was. I, I just kind of wanted, I really wanted to give it a try because I enjoyed what I did, but I could never really keep it consistent. So I really wanted to force myself to keep it consistent. And so what I did was I picked a, I picked a topic that I could plan out months in advance. So what I did was I did another series. I, series has been the big, uh, like doing series on different topics within gaming has been the biggest help for me where I would do a series on, I called 40 for 40, kind of a playoff ESPN's 30 for 30 where I covered 40 completing the box NES games. And 
they're not great episodes. <laughs> they're not that great. But I, but that was me learning how to podcast and also learning how to book guests on my own as well as how to schedule things on my own and how to vamp by myself for 20 to 30 minutes about a single topic. And that was really hard at first, but at, but that was my training. Those were my training wheels. So it took 40 episodes and, you know, released every other week, you know, that's going to take, that was like two years. It was like two years, just about like a year and a half or so um, of just any completing the box, ending S games. And so while it was a fun experience, I actually will, I'm going to be redoing some of those episodes because some of them are just bad and not well done. <laughs> um, I, I did an episode over the summer where I had a guest on named Dearest Abby. She's a Twitch streamer. She's also a competitive Donkey Kong player. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. Go check her out on Instagram. I think Dearest Abby ABI on Instagram. Anyway, um, I'm going to double check that so I, I don't give, so I don't shout out the wrong Instagram handle. Uh, <laughs> Some random yeah, person is like, I got a boost. <laughs> I know, right? I'll try, she, she's got more followers than I do, but Dearest Abby, uh, ABI, yeah, it was right. Dearest, the way you would spell it, and then ABI. Um, she is a competitive Donkey Kong player. And back in the 4440 series, I did an episode on Donkey Kong Classics for the NES, which was Donkey Kong 1 and uh, Junior. I was about to say 2, it wasn't 2. Donkey Kong 1 and Donkey Kong Junior. And for some reason, and I, I talked the whole thing. I was like, man, I don't have enough to talk about in this. Like, I only went like 15 minutes. And so then I threw in the original Double Dragon. And the whole episode was like 25 minutes. And I talked about two of the most important video games of all time in like 25 minutes combined. And I just did not like that. It didn't sit well with me, like looking back on it later. Like I don't consider that one of my better episodes. So I had Dearest Abby on. I had Abby on so that way we could talk about Donkey Kong and talk about her experience as a competitive Donkey Kong player. And I thought that was a much more interesting angle than me just kind of vamping. And plus, even that, like even just in the history of the original Donkey Kong game, I didn't give it nearly enough time and effort. So uh, those that was kind of like, to start to when I went more consistent, that was what helped me finding something where I didn't have to think anymore. I created a list of episodes that I wanted to cover. And then I just went at it for like 40 episodes straight. That is wild. And and obviously, you know, we've, you've got a, an extensive collection that we can see behind you. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> you know, retro games, I feel like is, is a very unique niche and it's so important as to, just where videos came from to where they are now. Um, you know, what made you really, you know, and why do you lean more towards playing retro games and having that love for it? Not only that, but you're also, and, and, and this is the thing about the soul loading podcast too, you're doing it, you're educating and you're giving us history on, on these games that help to shape what we do now um so i like retro games and video game history for a lot of reasons uh what started it was actually the angry video game nerd i started watching his videos and uh you know some people i understand his sense of humor is not for everyone especially uh especially some of the older you know all the swearing and whatnot (laughs) but uh it's i what i've got out of it while i did find it I didn't find I found it funny, just not like laugh out loud hilarious. But what I liked the most about his videos were the educational aspects where there was stuff that he would talk about in video game history that I had no idea about. And it just blew my mind. Like I, I I'm personally fascinated by stuff that was way ahead of its time, like uh, 
quick example, the original NES, the Famicom over in Japan, it could Mm -hmm. actually go online. It had an online edition that you could check your email and stocks on the Famicom. It was mainly meant for parents. I did not know that. Yeah. I'm not saying it was good, but it it did it. (laughs) It, it And to be fair, I know, I don't know how good or bad it was. It could have been great for the time, but it was not something that came out in the U S because the U S didn't really have the internet infrastructure at the time to handle something like that. But it could do that. Um, even the Super Nintendo had a Japanese exclusive add-on called the Satellaview, which kind of similar to the internet, but it was done through the satellite, Satella, um, through satellites. And it actually sent like downloadable games to the Super Nintendo. There was, a fact, an exclusive Zelda game that was released for the Satellaview in Japan only. Wow. Um, it's stuff like that where it's like that's really ahead of its time that's so forward thinking it's wild to think about and there's even something similar to that i think called on live maybe no that's newer there was a service that you could even be used for the atari 2600 that let you download games back in like the early 80s it wasn't anything phenomenal it would let you download through your phone line and but the games were so small you know it's not like you have to worry so much about broadband internet like we do now. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, which I don't even know if that's a term anymore. I don't know what if broadband internet is even what it's called now. But anyway, uh, so I got into history because of AVGN and because of stuff like that. And where it's kind of come in now with the collection, like I play modern and retro games. Like I, you can't see it here because this is all retro with the exception. Actually, PS4 is back there. Yeah, I think PS4 is back there. Um, PS4 and a little bit of Xbox One, my shoulder's hiding. But um, <laughs> I don't have the newest consoles, you know, can't find them or I don't feel like paying $500 at the moment. But uh, it's just, uh, so it, it started out with that. And then what I think has kept me with it is like, it just, it's interesting to me. It's interesting to hear the stories of like what game developers did um to get these games out and like just some of the behind the scene things as well as just the like i mentioned before the innovative things the things that i'm just like wow that existed like if i were to tell you that on the nes there was an open world game where with a day and night cycle where the enemies would change based off your day the day and night that would seem pretty advanced right and that would, that's mm-hmm. not something you would really think would be on the nes but it was Castlevania 2 Simon's Quest was an open world game with a day and night cycle that the enemies were harder at night than they were at day. It wasn't executed well, but it was there. Um, There was only three towns that you could explore. As far as I know, Um, there's only three towns. And then the enemy, like every time it would switch from day to night, it would have the classic text, you know, what a horrible night for a curse. And but it would pause the entire game, and you would have to watch this text slowly creep across the screen as, <laughs> as it says, "What a horrible night for a curse." So it's stuff like that where it's I'm fascinated by the forward thinking things, and um, I've tried to translate, like to relay that passion into the podcast as best I can. Um, I try to kind of talk about some of the weirder aspects I find interesting. And if it's something that's more just straight educational, it's scripted, um, which I have done, but it's those episodes are harder to do because one, no one likes reading off a script unless you're good at it and I'm not. So, (laughs) but yeah, so I I would say AVGN is where it started. And then why I still do it is just because I love 
learning about the unique things that were so far ahead of its time, as well as the interesting stories. I could go off on a bunch of them, but um, the just like random anecdotes that pop into my head about like interesting video game history tidbits, but I'll keep it the ones I gave you right now, at least for now. Yeah. And, and you guys, and you recently celebrated your 200th episode of the still loading podcast I, I had a chance to listen to it. It was a ton of fun, but tell us about that. How was the celebration? Uh, what did it, what were you, I guess, feeling getting to such a, I mean, doing this, this is podcasts. I feel like, especially for a lot of people are a labor of love and you have to have a true passion to be able to not only sit here and talk on, on a, a specific subject, uh, but being able to be creative, being able to get other voices on, uh, what was your experience, man? Um, so emotionally around it, I was, I wouldn't say it was like exceptionally like ecstatic. I was just kind of like, oh man, I'm already at 200. All right, let's keep on going. It wasn't anything like, I wasn't overwhelmed by happiness or anything, but the response to the episode, I was very like overwhelmed by in a good way. I was very, everyone was very like, everyone was being very kind to it. And I was very surprised because um, the episode itself, what I wanted to try to do is I, I, I've had a lot of former guests and I was trying to find a way to get all at least a good chunk of the guests on the episode because that would be very hard to do. Like I can't unless I want to have like seven people all talking about the same topic. And even then, like <laughs> what topic do I choose for like seven or eight people? So what I kind of came up with was like I've always wanted to, I tried something different. I was experimenting. So I've, I'm a fan of improv comedy. I'm not a comedian and nor am I an improviser, so I'm not saying I am, but I wanted to try it. I wanted to try my hand at it nonetheless. And so I have a bunch of friends who are actors or at least have some type of experience in that type of thing. And I asked them to come on as a video game character. And so I was trying to think of like, well, how could I do this? How could I string them all together and make it coherent? So I decided to throw a party, quote unquote, for my 200th mm-hmm. episode and have them all be guests at the party. And then I could walk in and out of conversations and mingle with them and they all people who weren't in character they were there to celebrate my 200th episode the people who were in character had to be in in character by something video game related they didn't have to be a character they just had to be something video game related and they also could not be there to celebrate my 200th they had to be there for some other reason so as the episode goes on i don't think i did a great job of of portraying my quote unquote anger but i was supposed to get more and more angry as the episode went on like <laughs> everyone keeps showing up and none of it's for my 200th episode type of thing <laughs> um so the first guest i don't want to spoil everything for the so if listeners want to go check out that episode but at least the first guest my brother was the person in character and he was link from zelda <laughs> nice. and the whole <laughs> joke of it is that he's there to basically like an Alcoholics Anonymous type of thing. But instead of Alcoholics Anonymous, it's like Pot Smashers Anonymous. <laughs> so he was there to <laughs> he was there to basically right all the wrongs that he did of smashing other people's pots. And he was supposed to go into a room with lots of pots and not break them. And that was pretty much his bit. And we had to figure that out. So it was it was a lot of fun. And what made that episode challenging was that all the different segments you hear with all the different characters, they were all recorded at different times. Like mm-hmm. with the exception, I, I'm actually like the improvisers were genius because there's a joke in the first segment that they the other improvisers keep calling back to, even though they weren't there at the time of the recording. I just told them about some of the jokes that were said and they kept they 
they spoke back to it on their own. I was like, oh my God, this is perfect. Like this just works out so well. So it, um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of effort to coordinate and figure out who can, who feels comfortable enough to be in character and just trying to get all the different schedules aligned, especially I think the middle segment I had like four people on and that was tough to coordinate alone. So it was fun. That, that was the idea and that's kind of how I implemented it. It was definitely a lot of fun. It was, it was, it's uh, very entertaining. I think, I think you did a great job on that one. Same. Thank you. Thank you. It was a lot of work, but I'm, I'm really happy with how it turned out. And I'm, like I said, I'm really happy with the response. It's my, probably one of the fastest downloaded episodes I've had. And I'm, doesn't happen often so it was really nice to see so i know that ryan and i will randomly get asked some questions about podcasting so since we have a podcaster on we get to ask some of those of you okay (laughs) so (laughs) let me start with who has been your favorite guest and who is your dream guest or guests you can name a couple if you want i have a bunch of dream guests but my favorite app my favorite guest so far it either has to be my wife because she's my my wife is not a gamer. She's not into geek culture. She's not into any of this stuff, but she really liked Stardew Valley and I got her hooked on Stardew Valley. And so I nice. got to do an episode with her on Stardew Valley. And that was one of the most fun times I've had because it was something I got to share something I love podcasting with her. And it was uh it was it was just a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to get to see her speak about it and like become like get interested in it it was fun um besides that though besides that non-sappy answer uh (laughs) dearest abby actually i would say that was my favorite episode because i i her and i just we clicked really well she was a very she's so nice she's really good at donkey kong really freaking good at donkey kong you can watch her twitch streams it's it's fun to watch she's got a full original donkey kong arcade cabinet that i'm really jealous of that's amazing Um, it's so cool looking and uh she just her like listening to her describe the strategies that competitive donkey kong players use even though she's not like she's in the i I forget what she said she gives her rankings in the episode i want to say she's in like the top five for all women um, I think I forget what she says for all like all time, but um, just some of the strategies that players have to do, like, so, you know, in the original Donkey Kong, how the barrels will fall down the ladders and you have to jump over them professional or competitive players like really good ones can manipulate how those barrels fall so that way the barrels will actually line up so maybe they can sync up three barrels to even though it shows up as one pixel or one barrel on screen it's actually three so when they jump over it to get the points it's like a crap load of points because it's getting like a times three multiplier it's stuff like that where it's like you get these triple barrel jumps because they're so good, they can manipulate where the barrels fall. And learning stuff like that blew my mind. So it was one. that was one of my favorite episodes. That probably is my favorite episode next to my wife's episode. That is wild. That is absolutely wild. I didn't even know that was a thing. Right? <laughs> I was so surprised. <laughs> what? Um, uh, as, for influences, though, you were asking about influences. Uh, or sorry, not influences. I'm sorry. Uh, dream guests. Not influences. Yeah. Dream guests. Um. There's a couple. I actually have a list on my cubicle at work of guests that I want to like, nice. just so I can like look at it every day, type of thing. Even if it doesn't come, even if it doesn't happen, I would still love to do it. Uh, one of the, in terms of guests that are directly related to video games, I have a couple that are not directly related that I want to find some like, like indirect way to be like, it's this is 
game related enough that I could have you on. Uh, but Frank Cifaldi from the Video Game History Foundation, I would love to have him on. Uh, he is, I'm like I've said a bunch of times, I'm really big in video game history, and he runs the foundation. Either that or Kelsey Lewin, who is the coach, uh, who's the co-president of the foundation with Frank. Um, either one of them would be awesome to have on. That would, that would be a dream. Uh, and also, I would probably say... There was Jeremy, any one of the retronauts, Jeremy Parrish or Bob Mackey, I would love to have either of them mm. on. In terms of guests that aren't necessarily video game related, but I could probably find a way to make it video game related, <laughs> Kevin Smith, but yep. he's so big, awesome. I highly doubt that's ever going to happen. And then Matt Gorley, who is a podcaster for a lot, he does, he's the producer of the Conan O'Brien podcast. That's probably okay. what he's most well known for. But he's done so, so, so many podcasts. Um, I'd want to have him on to talk about James Bond. I'm sure I could. There's James Bond video games. He's a James Bond fan. I'm sure I could make it work. <laughs> I could. Let me ask, so far, uh, you know, we're getting close to uh, December and the end of 2021. Of what you've played so far this year, what is your game of the year? Is it games that only came out this year or just game, any game that I've played this year? Well, any game that, you, that you've that you played this year. Well, uh, that's good because yeah. I don't think I've played any new games this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. Parenting, man. That and like um, it's just – it's not <laughs> – I can't justify spending money on uh, like $60 on a new game right now. Uh, right. So I, I go for the budget stuff at the moment. But – um. Game that I've played this year, probably my favorite that I've played. I don't even remember half the games that I've played so far. Uh, <laughs> I just beat it. I've been going through what I call my video game sins. I'm trying to atone for my video gaming Ooh. sins where I'm playing through. Same. I'm playing through my backlog of games that are, you know, really popular or really critically acclaimed. That's like, why haven't you ever played that before type of deal? Mm-hmm. So I'm atoning quote unquote for those video game sins. Uh, one, I beat the original Assassin's Creed. Oh, nice. uh, that was fun. I just beat symphony of the night because um I told you guys off mic. I don't want to say it on mic because un- until I finish editing it. But I had a guest on who is related to this game. But I just played through Symphony Night for the first time, so um, I'll, that'll be a little teaser for anyone who wants to check out that episode. It'll be out in early December. But uh, so it's probably so far Symphony of the Night. But I've also played. I'm actually currently playing through Skyrim for the first time. I've oh never played goodness. Skyrim. Same, I, I haven't either. I have had a love hate relationship with Bethesda games, uh, mostly dislike, mostly hate. Uh, not it's, they were they never appealed to me. Nothing, not throwing any shade against them or the design. It's just I just never really had a strong connection to any of them. So, but I, I'm I'm really forcing myself to sit down and really give Skyrim a try because I never really gave it a try before. So, um, I really haven't played that. Like I'm trying to think of games that i played within the new year you know what actually last of us 2 i beat it like a like two weeks before my daughter was born That's there awesome. you go last of us 2 i i got ghost of tsushima and last of us 2 in december for christmas last year and i burned through both of them within a matter of like three or four weeks so nice. <laughs> that's some dedication. i think be both of them yeah I, especially I, ghost I, man that's some real dedication there i platinumed it too it. It, it was like a full 60 <laughs> I, I platinumed it you had dice k on Ooh. and you still haven't played it I still haven't played it, dude. I, 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 my backlog is so dumb. It is just dumb. I, I feel you on that. 
I yeah. feel on that. I'm like the opposite spectrum. When a new game comes out, I'm like, oh, I should probably play this. <laughs> and then I, everything I else I was playing just gets left behind. <laughs> if I had the option of, you know what, probably if I had a chance to play it and I had a, and I could afford a PS5 right now, um, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I am a huge mm-hmm. Ratchet and Clank. You know what you were talking about, Dream Guest, before? Anyone from Insomniac Games. I would love to talk to anyone from go. Insomniac Games. That would be amazing because Ratchet and Clank is my favorite series of all time. That would probably be my game of the year if I could play it. I'm assuming I'd love it. <laughs> yeah, it it looks amazing. Uh, unfortunately, only one of us three has a PS5. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm getting them in. I still haven't played that. I've never played a Ratchet and Clank game before. What? So I'm, oh I've man! Never, yeah, no. Well, I'm, do you like? Do you like? Um, do you like the Uncharted games? I've never played any of the Uncharted. Oh, you're killing me! <laughs> oh God! I am a sinner, dude. I am a <laughs> sinner. <laughs> gonna atone for those video game sins. Exactly. We're gonna have to. I'm trying. I'm working my way through who, things. Who I'm, would be I'm the con- who would be the priest that you would go to confessional for for your video game sins? Is it would be Kojima or someone? Oh, I'm calling. I'm calling Nolan North right now, and he's gonna. You're gonna Nolan have to North, tell him he, to no, his face. Nolan to North face. as the video game priest. <laughs> that would be. Imagine him doing that on like retro replay, or that's not retro replay anymore. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. what would mm-hmm. that would be a great character? Are you kidding me? The video game priest, where people come in and just like repent for little. <laughs> that's very religious. I apologize to anyone who might little, not like. Little do we know that a bunch of video game companies are listening to this episode, going, "These guys, like, <laughs> this these is guys. a great idea. Hire." <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I would oh, love to see man. that. Well, let me ask you, I mean, as a, as a parent and podcaster, how do you, you know, how do you go about managing your time? You know, obviously you work as well. So like, what is the juggle and being able to get that time where you could just say, all right, let me woke or let me work on this game. Let me focus on this game. Let me try to beat this game and being a family person and doing your full-time job and then managing the podcast. Um, I will say that for anyone who is a parent, uh, I know you are a parent, right, Ryan? I believe you are. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyone who is a parent, you will find you have a lot more time than you think you do once you have a kid. Because now all of a sudden it's like, well, all of this time I'm dedicating to them, which is great and I love it, but it is draining. Um, so any free time that I have, I am maximizing the hell out of that. I am mm-hmm. making sure that whatever I'm doing, I have a plan for the night. So like, my kid goes to bed fairly early still. She's still under a year old, so she still sleeps. She sleeps through the night, thank God. Um, nice. She she was sleeping the night very young. We were very lucky. Uh, but we would, um, but she goes to bed, and then I usually have three or four hours almost every night. Uh, I mean, I'm going to bed at midnight and waking up at 630, so I'm still not getting the greatest sleep, but it's better <laughs> compared to like, you know, I hear I hear horror stories from, you know, game devs are like, I only got like four hours last night if they were lucky type of thing. So it's like, right. I'm not that, it's not that bad. But um, so what I pretty much do is like every night I try to prioritize like, what do I need to do next? So if I'm recording a podcast, I recording a podcast is just whenever I can fit it in. I'll, I'll put off editing. I'll put off game playing podcast recording has to come first because that's so schedule dependent editing. I can do on my own time. And I literally like tonight after I'm done work and after she goes to sleep, I'm probably going to be editing my next episode, which is Actually, I, I don't mind teasing this. It's a, for the Halo 20th anniversary, so I'll be nice. editing that one. Um, 
And so it's either that. And then I try to schedule what I've tried to do is to feel productive with the podcast. I will actually schedule Twitch streams and that's my time to play games to uh, help atone for my gaming sins, if you will. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm currently playing through Assassin's Creed two on my Twitch for that reason. I never played, I've never played an Assassin's Creed game until I beat that first one. So I'm steadily working through the Assassin's Creed series on Twitch just one day a week. That's all I can really commit to. Sometimes I stream more, some less, but um and some nights I even come home and I'll do overtime at home. And then I do like a couple hours. And then after kick goes to sleep, I'll do a couple hours and then spend another two hours editing. So I get about three or four hours a night to myself to do, to work on stuff. Who knows what that will be like as she gets older. I don't know if my time is going to increase or decrease. Uh, we will see. So I will tackle that bridge as I get to it. You know, for, for somebody out there that wants to jump into podcasting, what would you tell them? Like, what would your biggest pieces of advice be for a new podcaster? One, um, when you're picking your name, do a Google search, please. There's a lot of times where I've seen people just like pick a name that has already been done before. And even mine, actually, there was a podcast that started before mine called The Still Loading Podcast, but they were like mm-hmm. eight months dormant. But by the time that I came up with the name still loading, I was like, well, they're the still loading podcast. I'm a still loading podcast. So I guess it was, it was fine. Um, but they haven't done anything since the like the fall of 2013. So I'm pretty sure I'm in the clear now. Um, so there's stuff like so pick, pick a name that's like not taken. But like in all seriousness, no. Um, consistency and also... F- and also understanding your own limitations. And I don't mean that in a mean way, but everyone has those own limitations. I said at the beginning, like I could only handle every other week because when I tried to go weekly to start off, I burned myself out. And then I would go on nine months hiatus, on a nine month hiatus twice. Actually, I did that twice where it was like almost, it was really long hiatuses because I didn't feel like coming up with ideas because I got burnt out so bad and it left a sour taste in my mouth. So mm-hmm. you don't, and you might not know your limitations. So it's something that you have to test, ex- experiment with and figure out. But like you want to figure out what can I realistically do? Like how how often can I release? If Don't start off weekly. I'm serious. Like don't start off weekly unless you know you can dedicate the time and energy to it. Um, some people can do it right off the bat. Uh, Ryan and Lucas, you guys right off the bat to like uh, weekly. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work that goes into it that people don't know. Um, because it's, this part is the fun and easy part. And mm-hmm. may, like the re- if you're doing research, that's a different story. If you're trying to do educational that, then there's a lot of more work behind the scenes, but this part, you know, is the fun part and easy part. The hard part is editing afterwards where you have to listen to your own voice for an hour to an hour <laughs> and a half. Um, you get used to it, believe it or not, but it's still yep. weird at first for a good long while. It's really weird. <laughs> but also prior to that, just booking like uh, you guys, we were trying to get this to work for a while, but I worked during the day. This was the only time I was actually able to do it. And scheduling is a really tough thing. You have to be willing to be flexible with your guests. Or if you have a permanent co-host, that's also really difficult. You guys work together. So it makes it a little bit easier, but like, if you have a co-host, you have to make sure that it works not just for your guests, but for you and your co-host schedule. Mm-hmm. So it's managing um, what you're able to do and also managing maybe your expectations. So I would say my biggest piece of advice is just 
man, manage your keep, treat yourself well because mental health because you're going to burn yourself out if you go too hard too fast. And I definitely did that a couple of times. And it wasn't until for me personally, it took me years to build up so I could like think uh, think ahead of like different ideas. Like now, I remember earlier this year, I was like four months planned ahead because that's just how that's what works best for me. Like even now, I actually have um, episodes recorded all the way up to early December, and we're in mid November. So it's stuff like that where it's like you have to start and even have contingency plans. I have a guest that I'm hopefully going to get in for mid for mid December, but I haven't heard heard a response yet to confirm a recording time. So if that doesn't happen, I have to have a fallback plan, stuff like that. Yeah. All good points. All good points. I would say it's, it's much easier to start at like every other week and then increasing to weekly rather than starting weekly and then pulling back. Cause if you if you if you're not weekly and you go to weekly, it feels like a bonus for your listeners rather than uh oh, I have to slow down. So yeah, to mm-hmm. go at your own mm-hmm. pace for sure. Um and uh yeah, yeah. Consistency is really hard and key, but you'll fi- eventually get into a groove. Uh, I think, you know, Ryan, it took us a little while to kind of feel each other out. Uh and uh we know that we got lucky because we had not met before. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that could have like <laughs> We were working together, so that could have ended up really poorly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Right? So all, all good advice there. Um, What has still loading meant to you? Like, wh- what do you take away from your experience so far? Um, It's meant... It's meant a lot. It's probably one of my favorite things to do. I it's It started off as something where I was unsure of it, and I didn't know... I, I got a good bit of I, I had one of the few reviews I've gotten on my podcast. No one leaves reviews um, compared to compared to download numbers. No one leaves reviews. Um, but like one of the few reviews I got, it gave me four out of five stars and it said it's a good podcast, but he's too hard on himself. And that took a long time for me to break out of that. So it's been I love this podcast because it helped me break out of my shell in terms of on an online presence. I was always very timid and shy online. Um, and I still am for the most part. I don't really go out too much, but like uh, I don't like go seeking out stuff online too often, but it it's meant a lot to me because it's given me an outlet to talk I'm, to talk about video games. And I'm sure my wife appreciates too, because otherwise I don't know what she would do if I, she had to listen to me talk about video games for like, <laughs> <laughs> for like eight hours. Um, but it's, it's, it's really helped me find this outlet to be able to like, learn more about video games and also give me a reason to learn more. Like it, it gave mm. me this creative reason to now, like I have, like I have to do research on this. It's not even that I have to, I get to do research on this topic that I probably wouldn't have otherwise. Um, I just did, I just released an episode on the Xbox's 20th anniversary and getting to do research on that and how, um, and how it kind of came to be. And like, at like for example, prior to Xbox coming out, Microsoft offered, because they were trying to get in the home console market, they offered to buy out Nintendo. I had mm. no idea about that. Stuff like weird little facts like that, where it's like they, they try to buy Nintendo. Apparently they got laughed out of the meeting, but and Bill <laughs> Gates wasn't a fan of that. But uh, uh, yeah, so it's, but stuff like that. I it, it just means a lot because I get to, have this creative outlet for video game to, to do video game stuff. 
and also I get to meet really great people. I've met so many amazing podcasters like you guys. Um, there's the Taste of Dragons podcast, which they helped me out with the 200th episode. Like, there's so many amazing podcasters, and there's I could there would be too many. I, I would go on a whole like shout out spree but i guess to name the two that have like really been there for me the most taste of dragons and my friend um or three actually the hotter show and then my friend erica who does a true crime podcast called the apex in the abyss and then a monster movie a horror movie podcast called monster madness like those guys have been there for me for so long and there's a bunch of others i know i'm not there's other if i haven't listed you don't feel slighted you've influenced me too i'm just listing the people i'm closest with that's all that's awesome and let me ask what do you have any plans as far as uh i guess kind of going into the next year and and in the future uh are you thinking about things or just kind of changing kind of changing things up and continuing to grow as you build a bigger fan base as your community grows and then you personally not only in your personal life but as far as being a podcaster and what you'd like to do with it and see what the show uh, could become could become uh i have a, like I have loose goals, loose goals as in kind of dream guests, like we talked about before, some of those, but also just topic ideas were that I, I that I wanted to talk about and like haven't found a way to do it. Um, actually, I could give a little bit of a teaser. There is, I'm going to have to look it up on my phone quick. I forget the name of the game, but there is a game that came out in the 90s and I want to do an episode on this. I've never played it. I have, I know nothing about it, but I have to... Uh, it's going to drive me nuts that I can't remember the name of this game. It was a PC game from the 90s that had voice acting performances from Robert De Niro and like a bunch of other... Yeah, I am trying to... Hold on. Robert... I'm just going to Google Robert De Niro video game and see if I... Interesting. I'm just going to see if I can find it real quick. Um... Nine, the last resort. That's what it's called. Nine, wow. the last resort. It's not rated well at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just to give you an idea. But the reason I, I forget how I even found this, but the, the, it was produced by Robert De Niro, produced by Robert De Niro uh, hmm. and Jane Rosenthal. I'm not sure I know who she is. I probably do if I look at her credits, but the, and it sported a cast of voice artists, including get ready for this list. Cher, James Belushi, Christopher Reeve, Tress McNeil, and Steven Tyler and Joe Perry of Aerosmith. Oh my goodness! Wow! How have no one ever heard? How's no one ever heard of this game? You have right? that level of talent involved, and nobody knows what this game is. Right? And it's like I found that game. I'm like, I got to do an episode on this, but I have no idea how I can play this game because it's it's a PC game from the 90s that no one's ever heard of. I was able to find the director. Like I found the director's email, I think. I haven't reached out to him though because I'm like, I don't I don't know if this is the right guy. So <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I just, I couldn't believe what I was reading with that. So that would be an awesome episode to get just to be able to like, be able to like look into this game that had Robert De Niro as a producer on it. Like that's weird. Right. Um, so stuff like that, like the kind of loose goals of just like episode ideas. And I like to give that, that example just cause it's such a strange game name or right. such a strange game and idea, but uh, stuff like that. And then also um, 
shoot, I had one other thing. I'm blanking on what it was now. But yeah, I guess I'll just leave it at that. And if I think of the other thing, I, I'll say it. But it just, I don't have anything like strong ideas, but uh, just kind of loose ideas like that. Just some episode ideas here and there. Um, I would eventually like to grow the show to be able to do more stuff with my Patreon because um, I'm doing, so, I actually did my first um, retro magazine review where I took an old, I have a, in my collection, I have a handful of old gaming magazines from the mid to late nineties. So I was like, nice. why not talk about this on the episode? That's not enough for a full episode, but I could, I could vamp about it for like 20 minutes and seeing some of the weird advertisements that you could see back in the nineties <laughs> stuff like that. So yeah, no, nothing concrete. Just want to just kind of want to keep growing the show. Maybe, uh, get some bigger guests on just because that would be fun oh and actually i remember what i was going to say earlier i my my main goal for the show is to obviously like entertain and educate people about stuff about video game history and whatnot and i wouldn't even say i'm the best at it like video game history foundation go check them out they have a podcast that called the video game history hour fantastic podcast and retronauts as well both like if you're into video game history you got to check out their podcasts they're fantastic um but the other half of it is to just build connections with the guests that I have on the show. I like making connections with the listeners, of course. That, But I like – I, I, when I have someone – I've said this to a lot of my guests. I like people who do things that I find cool. And I want to have people on that I think do cool things, even if it's something that no one else cares about. If I think it's cool, I want to have them on. Um, so I've – you know, I've had people on that do like nerdcore rap, uh, which is uh, uh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, check out Megaran. You got to get Megaran on. He, I, I've never had him on the podcast. Megaran is like the premier nerdcore rapper. Okay. He, uh, he has an album called Megaran Nine or just Megaran, uh, which was he took Mega Man music used it as the samples and laid a beat over top of it and then raps wow. over top of it. And some of the, mm. some, some of the albums are like, he will tell the story of the game. Others are just talking about his own life. My personal favorite of his is forever Famicom, the forever Famicom albums. Um, those, he gets like different samples from different games, star Fox, Chrono Trigger, uh, Metroid, you know, uh, stuff like that. And he, raps about his life experiences over top of that. And he doesn't just do video game stuff. He has a, a bunch of albums that aren't nerdcore specific, but he kind of mm. got his footing with that. And he's never really, you know, he's never abandoned it, but he doesn't just beholden himself to it anymore. Right. Um, so Megaran's awesome, but I had a dude on named super smack who is friends with Megaran actually. And, um, he, he, did, I actually released an episode with him recently where we did a listen along. He has a new EP that came out and we would listen to each track and dissect it right afterwards, which is a lot of fun. Um, so it's stuff like that where people may not know who this artist or who this game designer is or a voice actor. Um, I've had a couple indie devs on to talk about their games, stuff like that, where it's like, I think it's cool. So I want to have you on and I would love to be able to build a relationship with you and that we could maybe like at some point you wouldn't feel weird just texting me or messaging me on Facebook or like um, having me on like, you know, messaging me on Instagram or something. And in fact, I had a friend, I've become friends with one of my guests. Uh, his name is Dexter Morrill, who does the, he now is on my show once a month doing a Captain N rewatch. Captain N's an old mm. bad video game cartoon for those who haven't seen it. 
worth watching because it's really bad, but it's bad, but it's fun, but it's it's not great. I can say, tell you that. But him and I, we text each other all the time now. Like we talk all the time and we actually got to meet in person for the first time earlier this year. It was great. Josh, again, where can people find Still Loading Podcast? Where are you at on the socials? Lay it on us, brother. So you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Still Loading Pod on all of them. If you want to reach out to me, you can do it on any of the social media sites. I uh, I was about to say my email, but I'm like, I shouldn't do that. Well, actually, same <laughs> on the podcast, still loading contact at gmail.com. There you go. Um, so you can reach out to me on there. If you want to support the show, there's a Patreon, which I'm realizing, Lucas, you have my website up there. I don't have my Patreon linked on my website, so I should yeah. fix that. Um, <laughs> Patreon.com slash still loading pod. Um, people, there's two right now, there's two levels just because I can't think of anything that's worth more than five dollars a month um <laughs> that i could realistically pro- uh pro- keep the promise for the one dollar patrons get uh you know episodes early and uh, at a higher bit rate and also um access to a discord a, a patron exclusive discord and then the five dollar patrons get bonus episodes on top of the other stuff so yeah that's all the places you can find me awesome josh again thank you so much for coming on the show we appreciate it my friend Thank you so much for having me, guys. This was a blast. And uh, I've never actually been interviewed before, so this is really cool. Awesome. Heck yeah, dude. Um, Lucas, what do you got going on this weekend? Uh, not much. I'm, I'm. It's just kind of the calm before the storm. Uh, Thanksgiving's coming up, so I got to start getting ready for the holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am, although I will say this, I'm going to pat myself on the back. I am almost done with my Christmas shopping, and I have oh, never, never have gotten done this early. So, like, I, I haven't even started mine. <laughs> Same. Same. <laughs> I so, this like, like I am gonna like I'm looking forward to like a December full of just free weekends when I don't have to be scrambling for gifts. So I I am nice. ready for December. <laughs> what about yourself, Ryan? Nice. What are you up to? Well, aside from getting uh, assaulted in the eyeballs by the sun, <laughs> as you guys can see, I did not fix my blinds. I got to go in and figure something out because <laughs> it's <was> super annoying. <laughs> However, uh, you know what it is. There's there's so much we've got. We've got uh, Halo Infinite multiplayer now. We've got Battlefield 2042. Uh, if you have the EA Play or Game Pass, uh, that is early. You can you can start playing that now. We've got Outriders. Obviously, some Destiny somewhere in there. Still trying to finish Deathloop. I am jam-packed with games that I will be playing. Things should be settling down for me work-wise here a little bit. Let me knock on some wood. Um, so hopefully I'm able to put in a little more time and, and get through some more of these games. Other than that, though, uh, it should be uh, just chill, kind of getting back in. And like you're saying, gearing up for the the holidays and and getting all that stuff prepped. So we appreciate it again, guys. Thank you so much as well for joining us. Don't forget to hit us up on the tweeters at land parties, pod at Lucas Egan or at Smitty two, four, four, seven. We appreciate you guys taking the time. Don't forget also check out our YouTube page. We are trying to do a good job or a better job of actually uh, uploading the full episodes. <laughs> uh, a lot of that is on me. I'm sorry. And by a lot of it, I mean all of it. <laughs> but we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for joining us again. Get your game on and don't you forget, we love your faces. 